Welcome to Combat Chatter, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast, brought to you by RepublicTrooper.com. Combat Chatter covers the latest hot topics and breaking news surrounding Star Wars The Old Republic, BioWare, and the greater Tor community. It is time for another episode of Combat Chatter, hosted by uh, yours truly, Andy at Republic Trooper. And as usual, I am joined by David Mike from the RT team as well. What's going on, guys? How's it going? Hey, what's up, troops? Hey, this is Mike, and I did not forget my name like Andy. Yeah, I know. I, I was about to say your name first, and I almost, I'm like, wait a minute, who am I? Anyways, you can say my name first, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyways, uh, what's been going on with you guys in the game, Mike? Let me tell us a little bit about what your adventures have been. I noticed you put up a uh, combat medic piece on the site today. Yeah, you noticed that. I uh, obviously ever since 1.2 went live. Well, actually, let me let me back up here uh, to do a little history of why I did this. About a month? No, no, two months before uh, 1.2 went live, I sort of switched over to being a commando medic because I tried it out and realized that this was a whole lot of fun, and I like being the support character and so all that stuff. healing without pants is a lot of fun? Healing without pants is just wonderful, and always with the pants. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. And so I was really just playing it up, and when 1.2 went live, I checked out all the changes. I go, okay, this is going to be a different... It looks like it's going to be a completely different kind of healing scheme once I uh, once this go li- went live, and I wanted to actually find out if that was the case. So went in and I've been you know playing around with it for a while and I finally had I felt enough experience with the new stuff to write something about it so uh, that's sort of the the background as to why I wrote it and how I came about it um, so, so I, I I read uh, you know I read the whole thing and you know I don't want you to like go through and read it out to everybody I'm just gonna ask you <laughs> it at, at a high level for the people that are listening what were your overall thoughts about the changes to the combat medic advanced class because i know pre-patch everybody was like you know nerf they're nerfing combat medic and they were freaking out now that you've been able to play it for you know two or three or four weeks whatever it is how has it actually changed your gameplay or has it changed your gameplay drastically and all that kind of stuff i i wouldn't say it's trained it's changed it drastically it has changed how i play a- as a healer and i, I mentioned in, in the uh, editorial that before the patch, I was kind of a DPS and healer at the same time. And after the patch, I sort of became a dedicated healer. And that's, in 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 the small run, that's kind of what happened. I kind of felt like the nerfs and the changes, and I don't want to use nerfs. I think they smoothed out everything because before the patch, it really was advanced medical probe and then spam medical probe until you were blue in the face. Right. And and that really wasn't and you know, I heal a lot of PvP war zones and that was really easy to do. And I was able to throw out damage whenever I felt like it because my ammo wouldn't go very low. Right. Now with the new changes, I have to be much more ammo conserv you know, much more conservative on the ammo. So I have to sort of pick and choose my strategies a lot, you know, a lot more. So my overall high level observations were if you're gonna be a combat medic, you're gonna be a combat medic. I mean, you're going to sit there and you're, <laughs> right. you're, you're going to heal people. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually heard that from several people, in, you know, on some of the like some of the social networks that we post on, like Twitter and maybe Reddit and Facebook. There was a couple of comments, and, and one of the comments was, after patch 1.2, your combat medic is pretty much a single-target healer, 
your AoE healing is a little bit weaker, so you're pretty much a single tar target healer. And when you're in combat, I'm assuming when they say in combat, they're meaning referring to like operations or boss fights or some of the larger, you know, longer fights. Right. But they're like, when you're in those situations, that's all you're going to do. You're not going to DPS ever again You're because you're going to have to conserve your ammo so you can get your heals um, off in time. Yeah, that That's mostly true. Uh, from what I have found, I mean, I haven't had extensive um, operation uh, experience as, as far as I'm concerned, but I have healed, you know, flashpoints, uh, war zones, and all of that, and all of that stuff. But, but as far as uh, there, okay, now I'm remembering what I was going to say. DPSing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was Talk a comment made on that I read uh, that was very true that I did not include in my editorial because I was trying to focus mostly on the healing changes. But when you pop your support cell, you get um, charge bolts becomes free, so right. A lot of times, what I'm able to do, especially in war zones, I'm not sure how well this works out everywhere else because you normally have to keep an eye on your tank and all of that stuff. But you throw down a culture bomb, which ends up shielding everybody in the area. Uh, it gives like a, a small damage shield, I think three percent. But then it, it gives you the ability to spam charge bolts over and over and over again. Um, so in that case, yes, you get, do get the DPS, but you have to be very smart about it, and it's kind of a selective situation. But if you're going to dedicate yourself to healing, that's what you're going to do. But yeah. if you want to be sort of a support healer and a DPSer, you kind of have to pick your battles there. Well, yeah, I mean, like I was saying, because your, your combat, my trooper's a combat medic too, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm a lot lower level than you. I'm only into the 20s on my combat medic yeah. still. Yeah. And um, when, I, when I play it, at least I, I actually I haven't played in a few days. I've been super busy. But when I was when I was playing the other day, I was kind of doing the same thing. I'm running around. I'm healing and I'm nuking people. And, you know, I'm I'm completely fine. Then I went and did an instance where we actually had like a longer boss fight with the group. And right. I didn't there was no way like I had to focus on healing, healing, healing pretty much except for maybe like a hammer shot here or there or, or uh, I don't even know if I was doing charge bolts or not. But, you know, it was it was definitely different from when I had played it when I was had first started like playing the character and leveling up and I know there's still some skills and there's still some talents that I haven't unlocked just because of where I'm at I'm pretty sure I'm 25 but it didn't seem it didn't seem to me like reading some of the stuff it's like oh they reduced this from like one two percent to one percent so that's a 50 percent nerf and all that and I'm I don't know it didn't seem to me it didn't feel that bad right so right. so I don't uh, think uh, I don't think people are as freaked out about it now as maybe they were pre-patch when they when they read those notes. No, and I think pre-patch, I think the medic was I don't want to say it was you know was overpowered or anything, but I definitely felt it it didn't really have a healing rotation. I mean, you did, but you could just spam that medical probe over and over again, and you weren't. It didn't really have. It sort of didn't feel like you had a playstyle of your own. You felt like you were a commando, and you threw out heals once in a while. Now, the way you have to sort of change your healing style in instances and such, I pretty much feel like a healer now. I feel I'm watching the right. red bars and the combat frames and all that, and I'm not so much focusing on trying to take down the enemy as much as keeping my squad alive. So, so. the next question I would have for you then um, would be, do you feel that you can successfully pull off the role of primary healer in a group, or you still feel like the, that you're in a support role? Because there was some discussion about that. I think it was on the Reddit thread, mm -hmm. and people were like, I don't know, combat medics still can't really hang as a primary healer, even if you have, even if you have super good gear. They were like, it's great to have them you know, help out and maybe toss an extra heal or two on the tank when it's like they, spike damage from bosses and things like that. They, they were... They were 
I don't know about the change now, but they were already solid primary healers before that. So well, I don't know who th would say that. That's the were... whole point because they got it. They got according to everything, they got nerfed a lot. That's why I was asking yeah. the question. Yeah, uh, they I got they got they got some small nerfs as far as I understand it. Well, I mean, fifty uh, percent reductions in some of their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. There's the problem is those fifty percent nerfs are some of them are in some key abilities. I won't lie, but some of them are going from three percent or from five percent to three percent. Right. And you're not only at the really top end levels are you going to really notice that difference. The thing that really changes things from what I've seen so far, and I'm not the be all end all voice of combat medics by any means, but um, you're fired. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the field triage, reducing it by one, uh, reducing medical probe by one instead of two. That is, that's the change I noticed the most, other than culto bomb affecting four targets instead of three. But right. that's only if you're really, really working on that. Eh, I mean, it well, changes my healing cell, but... Culto bomb is huge in raids. They actually changed it to where all the AOE pr basically hits the same amount of people so that all the healers can pretty much... Uh, cover the same type of role in yeah. op situations oh i didn't realize that so like the sage the sage and the smuggler aoe heals are it's it's all they're all essentially balanced I, out now i believe they are now so does that mistaken. does that fall down the lines of um homogenization which is your favorite word recently dave <laughs> Re recently if you mean if you mean since the Sorry, time i i, I mean discovered since i mean since 2012 <laughs> <laughs> More, more, more like ninety-two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but seriously though, what do you think about that? I mean, do you think that that's good or bad? You know, it it, it depends. It depends. You have to look at the whole at the whole picture. If it moves in the direction that everyone's AOE heal hits the same amount of targets for the exact same number, you, you know, for the exact same effect. Like if one of them puts a hot on while the other one does an immediate up front, while the third one puts a shield on, as long as there's still enough variation. I mean, there there is the complete other end of the spectrum. You you can't have everything in a game be 100% different because then people won't fill roles either. You can't be like, right. okay, you're a healer that heals damage and you're a healer that can't heal damage. Then I'm not a healer, but you're different, you know, of right. course. Right. There's the other end of the spectrum. But if it moves in that direction, it can be a problem. But you know what? The, one of the good things about the mechanics is uh, each class, especially the trooper, at least still ha has a different mechanic for uh how it actually how it actually heals so yeah and i'll and i'll agree with that as well yeah i mean i tried healing with a sage at some point granted i don't have one nearly at the same level so i can't compare but they they definitely feel different um especially with now granted at my level um as dave loves to point out i'm not level 50 yet so i can't point out level 50 healing um <laughs> Fire. And that, that, I've been that, waiting to hit that as soon as you were going to say level fifty. <laughs> that, that's that 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 that's all right. That's all right. We we were gonna we were gonna ask Mario Andretti about race car driving, but we'll we'll just ask this three year old I found walking around our neighborhood randomly from our neighbor's backyard. Okay, <laughs> that, that'll work out. Okay, so now now that we've drawn the parallels, Fazza uh, <laughs> derailed me again. <laughs> It happens. Uh, Mike, you, you realized earlier you were talking by yourself and you derailed yourself like three times. I'm just going to say it. I'm, I do that all the time in real life. It's, it's kind he's of all, Hold on. Stop. Let me back up. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah, uh, like, while I was playing my dwarf cleric, 
wait, no. Uh, no. Hold on. Give me a moment here. <laughs> what were you going to say? While I was playing my Call of Duty... Wait, no, give me... When I was playing my In Trooper, Mass Effect 3. <laughs> in, in, in Star Trek, the new Picard... I, wait, no. One more time. Oh, that's awesome. No, but what were you going to say, dude? Oh, like... Some, you know, for example, some of the healers get, you know, hots heal over times. Right. And then the trooper, we have trauma probe, which is sort of like a heal over time, but it only kicks in when you're actually damaged. Right. So, it, I mean, they're the sa- I mean, it's the same kind of idea, but they work differently. And like Dave was saying, they're just different enough that they do the same thing, but differently. And it feels kind of cool. So. No, that's cool. And, you know, Dave Dave was kind of starting to talk a little bit about raids, so that's probably a good a good point to transition on to the next topic. But before we do, I just want to let everyone know, uh, Mike just put up a pretty detailed review of um, the combat medic and the changes that are in patch 1.2. It's called, uh, it's actually part of our rules of engagement column. It's called patch 1.2 and the combat medic, so definitely check that out um, on Republic Trooper. But moving on to the raid stuff, Dave, you've been uh, working on the new raid, which... It's the Denova, right? Is the new raid? Denova is the name of the planet. Yeah, it's the raid's called uh, Explosive Conflict. Explosive Conflict, right? Why don't you tell everybody about that? What do you think about it? Well, the new raid, I'll I'll, I'll give you a, uh, an overview of uh, the raid from uh, several different aspects. Uh, I'm gonna start with the design aspect, and this is a place that um, Star Wars actually has shined from the beginning. Like, no matter what complaints people have about certain aspects of the game, there's certain parts of Star Wars, actually quite a few that are absolutely excellent. And one thing right from the beginning, the art team and the design team, the game's brilliant. I mean, the worlds are gorgeous and, you know, they got the new operation out and it's, it's no, it's no exception. Just going through the operation, it's enjoyable, like looking at everything and, and our op actually talks about it on vent. We're like, oh, wow, cool. Check it out. You know, we would kill one boss for the first time and we'd be moving through some tunnels and come out into, you know, a big mountain pass and the layout's gorgeous. They did a great A job on that again. So, you know, the Bioware art team still top your game. The fights, the fights are good. We had a couple scheduling conflicts, mostly because I'm I'm gonna be straight out. A lot of people kinda got bored, so it took a little bit of time to get all of my crew playing again and some weren't even sure if they wanted to. But now that we did, everyone is enjoying it. Uh we missed a couple days of raids but we seem to have our schedule rolling again and we beat story mode after a total of about six or so hours of actual raid time the fights are put together very well they are done well interesting mechanics different designs there's some cool stuff you'll fight in there i'm not going to ruin it for anyone who who actually likes to see what comes next as it comes there are four boss fights in there and we will be starting hard mode probably next week. So th- that'll be the true, the true test of the staying power. And if what Bioware was saying was true, because, you know, they're saying that, hey, this is going to be harder than, you know, more challenging than the other operation. And we'll see. Yeah, um, they've said that a lot. So because it the short, be. the, and I've heard both sides. So I, I actually, I'm, I'm giving it about a 50 50 chance. I've heard I've heard that there's actually been some guilds who actually were not impressed enough and actually kind of moved on some raiding yeah, guilds there was the, based on it. What was that one guild that left well, the game? Well, Condemned is the biggest one. They uh, right. They, oh wow. They, they they went through the they Condemned was pretty much they had a lot of the world firsts and if not firsts they had American firsts, world seconds. 
So they were either first or second on almost everything in, in tour up until this. And they beat all the content, I think, in the first day and a half of normal and hard mode. Story and hard mode, as they call it now. And they made a so, post that they're going on to Guild Wars 2 or something, right? Yes. Yeah, or Like on well, their guild oh, site. No, as far as I understand, they didn't make a post that they were going on to Guild Wars 2. But they started talking about it. Or that's what it was. They re they redesigned their website to essentially look yeah. like a Guild Wars two guild and not a Star Wars guild, right? But uh, the design's really good, and I'll tell you guys. And I'm actually probably gonna mention it in the furlough because it just caught my eye today. Good piece from this week. One of the writers over at Massively put up a six things Star Wars and Guild Wars two can learn from each other, and it's three that Guild Wars could take from Star Wars and three. I know, saw that. That was really stuff. cool. I did read that today. That was good. And and this was also something, uh, uh, another game I've been following uh, that you guys uh, probably know, Copernicus. Kurt Schilling has also mentioned, he, he also mentioned when talking uh, with one of his old EQ guildmates on a um, uh, on a, a forum post, on his old guild forums, that uh, that given a choice between deep combat and, and immersive world, uh, immersion is what's king. And that's one of the things that they said you know, Star Wars and Guild Wars could learn from each other. So, so you know, on, on, on the subject of the raid, though, too, I totally agree. Bioware has said, you know, many, many times on the record that the explosive conflict raid is, is going to be much harder than their counterpart raids, uh, Karagas Palace and Eternity Vault, at the same level. So, like, story mode, story mode um, explosive conflict will be harder than KP, which is harder than Eternity Vault and, and, and vice versa, like hard mode and all that stuff. Since you haven't gotten into hard modes yet, though, once you do, I think we're probably right around the corner from seeing the nightmare mode, which is even going to be harder and have an entirely different set of gear, too. They said that that would be coming out as part of a after patch that's part of like 1.2, right? So it would be like 1.23 or 1.24 yeah, or something like that. Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll update you uh, probably on the next podcast and see what the difference is and see if hard mode warrants uh, enough interest. Uh, to keep people for a while, because, like I said, what we've been talking about, it, it seems, it, it seems what we heard from the first few weeks from people who just didn't feel immersed. It seems like the people who aren't happy with a certain aspect of the game—that's literally the biggest aspect. People love so many things about the old Republic, but it seems like it continues that the content just isn't bringing people together into an MMO environment. And yeah, I. I'm starting to feel that a little bit. I know probably maybe maybe not the last podcast, but I think the, the podcast before I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. But, you know, now I've been 50 for like two or three months. I'm kind of starting to see that quite a bit. Like it's it's a little bit tough at 50. It's almost better when you're leveling up because when you're leveling up, there's a lot more people looking to group up to do stuff. But the like I thought the the the, the live event they did kind of helped a little bit with that. Right. Like there were people everywhere and there was all kinds of new stuff to do and new things coming every day. So hopefully now that they have the framework in place for that they can do stuff like that more often too to help out i think i'm telling you bioware multiplayer space combat and i hope that would be God, so awesome well you know daniel erickson said a couple times like hey we, we have we have you know a project a big space project that our, our team's working on no you know no information or eta right now but if uh if if they bring out something solid with multiplayer space i i think it'll go a long way towards um towards investing people again. I know you'll grab my attention, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. Maybe I just want to shoot Dave down in space. Yeah. That's all I want to do. No. Well, um, oh, go ahead, dude. Mike, I, you know, you could try, but I don't think you, you would have the necessary Twitch skills to beat me. Dude, I've been playing XVT. Oh, so yeah. X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, dude. That's awesome. I, I played X-Wing since the day it came out. You can try me. <laughs> oh, I, I, <laughs> I hear a challenge. Mike, download Tribes Ascend. It's free. I will literally play with one hand if you can beat me while I'm playing with one hand. No, no, no. Dave plays that attempt. all the time, so that's that's skewed. I think you guys need to do like a duel in a neutral game like Hello Kitty Online where you both have no experience in it and then like actually, go brawl. Actually, my, my ex-girlfriend bought me a really cool Bats Maru doll because I love Bats Maru. He's a nice. little bat from Hello Kitty. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, something I wanted to bring up, so because I was doing this the other day, and it became it, it kind of became a hot topic. I think it was maybe like a week or so before patch 1.2 like actually hit, which was the um, the farming spot on Hoth where you could make like you know th there was a couple of different videos done by the same guy. One of them was to make two hundred fifty thousand an hour, and another one was to make three hundred fifty thousand an hour. I kind of I went and ran it. I've done it twice. So the the first time I ran it, I just did it until my bags were full, and I kind of followed their process. And um, you know, there was a stealth nerf in patch 1.2. They took out one of the chests, which essentially cut the value of the run by like 30 percent. You know, people were really pissed off, especially the PVPers. But I did it the other day, and I maybe did it for like 90 minutes. And instead of just vendoring everything, what I what I would do is I, I, I have my inventory. I, I have all the slots in my inventory. I've purchased everything. So I have, I think, like 10 or 12 rows. The bottom row is full of, like, personal stuff that I need. And then the rest is open. And I just kept farming it. And as I would get oranges, I would store all the oranges at the bottom of my, my inventory. And all the blues and greens would go up in the top. And it would, I would kind of, like, fill up my inventory, like, Tetris style, right? With the oranges coming from the bottom and the blues and greens coming from the top. When I, when I filled it up entirely, I'd go vendor my blues and greens off, and then I'd go back and farm it again, and I would keep doing the process and vendoring the blues and greens until essentially I had an inventory full of pretty much all orange items. Then I went and put them on the auction house. Dude, I made like $800,000 in like 24 hours. It was freaking crazy, crazy money. I actually got to go do it here tonight when we're, when we're uh, done with this. But I made like stupid money because I put that stuff on the GTN. But Dave, I, was, I wanted to mention... You were, you and I were talking offline, and uh, you said that Bioware made a post about um, about banning people for exploiting and all of that stuff, and you thought that that might have been one of the reasons for uh, farming that location. Well, no, I said I hope I hope it's not something like that. Oh, I hope so too. I haven't logged in in a while. I might be, I, 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 might I, be I don't blocked. Think, I don't. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think it is. Yeah, I, I mean. I don't think it is either, but I mean, obviously they're keyed into it, right? Because they that that video went up on Reddit on the TOR Reddit and I think the patch came out like 3 or 4 days later and that chest was gone. So, you know, they obviously don't want people doing that, but it was pretty insane. Like, I mean, I made so much money. I think I I had spent a bunch of money the, the night before when I had been playing. I had spent a bunch of money on Legacy, so I was down to like 200,000 credits. And I really wanted to get the repair droid in my um in my ship because A, I can vendor all my crap in my ship and check mail and sell the junk in my ship and he sells the upgrades for my my C2N2 guy for crafting so i was looking i'm like crap i need a million dollars i gotta come up with like eight hundred thousand i'm like oh, i'll just start farming money for like an hour or so and I, I went for about 45 minutes and i'm like oh, okay i'll just wait until i have a full inventory of oranges and then i'll just gtn them and so i put 50 items on the gtn which is the max it allowed me to do 
and I vendored the rest, if I was probably patient and waited, I probably could have made a couple million, dude. It was crazy how much money I made. But I don't know. I mean, I, Mike, we were talking about the night I was doing it, and you didn't know about it. It's really cool. I definitely recommend that uh, if you need money, you have to go go to YouTube and search uh, 250K credits an hour in <laughs> SWTOR, and you'll find actually, two videos. What's actually kind of crazy is um, after everyone started bitching about uh, slicing being nerfed, right? I started compiling, and like I would send out my companions – because uh, my my main my healer is uh, a slicer, so I would record who I sent out, what level it was, you know if it was moderate, abundant, rich, whatever, and I started writing in all the numbers that came in and out. And I'm discovering, by the by, for those listening, that if you do either level six or level five moderate, you tend to make more money in the long run than doing the rich or abundance, unless you pop. A blue schematic in which case that's all bets are off but yes because i discovered that on average with uh, and it doesn't seem to matter in actual numbers if my companion is full up on affection or not with slicing so like i was sent out a laura and auric to do moderate level six or level fives and they and i make on average between three and four hundred credits uh right. you know per, on the, on the turnaround right uh, unless Alara would come back with on an abundant or higher with a blue schematic, which I could sell for about, I sell them for about forty five hundred, right on the on the GTN, and they sell pretty fast. So you sort of take a risk there. So you either slowly make enough money, like I made about a half a million credits doing it this way, but it's very very slow. <laughs> right. So well, you're, you know. You're, 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 so oh, go ahead. oh, I was just to say what I what I've heard, and, and I mean, don't I, I might be completely wrong on this, but what what I've heard is that the the level of affection that doesn't necessarily affect how well they're going to perform; it only affects how long the task is going to take. It's no, actually yeah. your presence they, they, that affects. Bio the, Bioware specifically said the level affects how well they perform and time. Oh, really? Okay. Last week, it was just in the last week. And, I'm trying to remember where I saw it, but. It had been mentioned earlier, and it was mentioned. It might have been in last weekend's, in Friday's question, or it might have been in a interview on one of the sites. It wasn't long ago. It it affects it affects both. It affects time and their effect. Nice. To, uh, See, I didn't realize that because when when patch one dot two hit, like pre one dot two, I had several different companions that were at ten thousand. So when I was really hoping to get like a crit on a mission, those were the guys that I would use, right? Because I figured, oh, they have 10,000 affection. A, the mission's going to take forever to run so they can run it in half the time and all that stuff. But what I noticed when 1.2 hit, because I, my primary character's human, I got the huge presence buff for being a level 50 human. Dude, oh, yeah. my companions are critting all the time now, like all the time on, on stupid stuff. And they're coming back with like all this extra loot, which is really cool. That's why I, that's why I wasn't sure, because it seemed to me like the presence buff is what kind of put them over the top. Well... Keep in mind, they also, I believe, in 1.2 upped how yeah, they, often they you upped crit. The, and well, they up they upped the chance to get certain items in 1.2, especially schematics. You get the secondary schematic more often, no matter what. They just mm -hmm. made oh, the bases for that higher. Yeah, you know that's right. Because I think it's the um, there's what there's the six levels of missions. I think it's the level two missions and the level six missions both return. If at least if you're like an artifice or armor mech or whatever, they'll return the. There's two different or three different schematics you can get for each of those that are the um the orange um, what do you call it? Modable 
gear or whatever. So like the moddable lightsabers and stuff that then you can you can then build them and, and get a chance to crit for the augment slot, which will essentially make it like the best gear in the game. Anyway, I, that was just a small thing I noticed while I was screwing around with slicing. So Nice. How about you, Dave? Was there anything else that you noticed that wasn't like officially in the patch notes that was maybe like a stealth change or, or, or another improvement that uh, you weren't expecting that you kind of came across? Well, you, you know what? And it, it's only been... Like, and it wasn't hidden, you could see it, but some of the stuff they did put in for Legacy, it, you know, the, the extra presence, th that's another thing. Once you, once you max out an NPC uh, for any of your characters, if you'll notice it, it gives plus 10% permanent presence to all your characters from that point on. That's right. So if you so, have, it's like the tank, the healer, the DPSer, right? Yeah. Like, so, like, for instance... My, my starting characters, like, I made a new character. My starting, like, level uh, freaking six character has over 200 presence now. Doesn't even have, <laughs> dude, doesn't even have a awesome. companion yet. Your companion's going to be brutal, dude. <laughs> when you yeah, get my, uh, my, my one roommate has all that, all his companions buffed out, uh, a couple level 50s, and his, his opening, his, like, low-level companions... Uh, or a little of a character companions are insane. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's like that's like mine because I have my three fifties now, and um, you just get the tons of presents. But also now you only get it once for each character. But they did kind of give you a, a small bonus, and once again it goes to all your characters. But it's something that's co of core importance to end game stuff. Now, like if you max out one character, you get you get, and what I find is it seems to be one percent to most stuff. You get an accuracy buff. It gives you 1% permanent to your accuracy on your characters. Another guy gives you 1% extra crit. Another guy gives you 1% extra uh, extra surge. Oh, you're talking from um, from companions or from just yeah, from yes. different characters? From fi from finishing their storylines. No if shit. You if you actually finish their storylines. Yeah, they and they do. They give you that stuff on your character. Now, mm -hmm. I did not know that, that. That's really cool. That that's That's the kind of stuff they need to continue. And by the same token, if they, if they cut, like, you know, the... The combat medic is a good example. We were talking about what they're cutting back on. The combat medic's a good example. They cut a lot of stuff basically in half. And by in half, I mean stuff that gave 10% gives 5%. They did that on a lot of stuff. You know, if they have to reset the baseline this early on, that's good. If they're doing it like WoW does and they're still resetting every class seven years in, okay, then there's Right, that's problem. true. That's true. Um, you know, but especially if they set the basis and they take that into play and they're like, okay, let's get the basis down a little bit more so that we can actually expand on the legacy system so that it, it it's more than just alts. Because truthfully, okay, I'm playing a little bit again, guys, but I, I mean, it's to the point where even if you only play moderate, only people who play super casual and, and I'm saying that from you know, stepping back as a perspective, hardcore MMO player, I, I realize the difference, but only people playing super casual, and I mean super casual, will have any great use for the legacy system by the time it's all in place. Because even if you're playing, you know, moderate for six to eight months, because we're still waiting for some of it to come in and we're coming up on five months, by the time it's all in, people are going to have a lot of characters past the point. I'm not saying it's going to be useless, but it's a core system. They're focusing on it. And it's definitely not going to be something that people are going to get full use out of. No, I agree. I, I agree with that. I, I think, and I think we, I mentioned this when we were talking about on the last, on the last cast, most of the stuff that comes out of the legacy system is like quality of life stuff, right? At least for your primary character, like the mailbox and your ship. And, you know, once you get that, of course, all your characters get it or the, or the repair droid in your ship or whatever. There's, 
I actually didn't know about the companion thing. That's pretty cool. I, you know, so I, I agree with you that that stuff like that, they need to do more like that in the game because that makes you want to go grind out stuff on your main character first, right? To get those little extra extra bonuses to put you over the top. But as far as the rest of Legacy, according to them, the rest of Legacy is coming in patch 1.3. Uh, I think it was James Owen said that before. And we're, I think we're four weeks in now on patch 1.2 or three weeks, we're three weeks or four weeks in on patch 1.2. So... I read something somewhere today, and they were they were talking about the next. The Bioware was talking about something they were going to start doing with character transfers coming in quote early summer. Well, early summer's June, so I would assume that that's coming in patch one point three. In June is probably the time frame for some of that stuff. But ah, uh, super speculation. Oh, total speculation. It's just, <laughs> it's it's pure it's pure assumption bullshit. You know. But, yeah, uh, and, and Andy's Andy's inside source, meaning inside his gut. Yes, that's the, the only place it's coming from. Left brain told him. was telling me to my right brain that no. <laughs> Anyways, but let's move on to uh, to the mess hall. We did a mess hall about uh, the Rakgul pandemic, which I actually oh. thought was a lot of fun. And I know, I think it ran for two weeks. And it was funny because I think Patch 1.2 came out on a Thursday. And I, I said this on the last cast. So I go to Patch in the middle of the day and... Um, my client, like, or my computer blue screened in the middle of uploading, so it, like, corrupted the client. So I had to reinstall the, when I, when I went back to, you know, reboot it and start it up, I had to reinstall the whole, whole game over again, which was a real drag. But I didn't get to play a whole lot that night, and I think it was the Sunday of that weekend after the patch that the Rakul plague started, and I didn't really play again until that Tuesday, so I was already a couple days behind. But it was pretty cool, man. Like, I was trying to find a way to log in every day for an hour or two to try and run around and, and do stuff. What did you guys think about about the uh, live event? Uh, well, I have to admit, it was it was kind of, it was different. Because at first, I didn't know what was going on. I I went to the fleet, I think, to train up or something. And all of a sudden, this, you know, this the voice warning. came over the loudspeaker. <laughs> right, and I'm like, right. <laughs> and you know what? I think I mentioned this last podcast, but it came on. And my first reaction was, crap, well, I can't go to Tatooine now. Which is the dumbest thing in the world. They yeah. want you to go to Tatooine. And of course, my idiot self goes, well, we better stay away. <laughs> that's perfect, though, dude. That's totally perfect. Because you like, if you're if you're actually RPing, that's what the RP RPer would have done. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, I heard a warning to avoid this planet, so I need to stay the hell away from there. Right. But then what was actually kind of interesting is because the way the event was run, you couldn't avoid it. Because it came to the fleet, and then it came to other planets. And then I, you know, I got infected. And the first thing I did was go to the medical droid going, where can I find a cure? Not knowing that when you blow up, you get stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> well, you, 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 it depends. You want, you want to know something, though? That's that. That's something I actually talked about. And Yeah, yeah he didn't like that I, part I, of it. That was the one thing I, he didn't like. I, I understand people. I understand some people are like, hey, there's stuff that's just fun to, to be outside the box. You know, and fine people were doing it. But I have to say. I think that was the stupidest quest I've ever seen in a Bioware game, bar none. Well, I, I would see the way it was designed. I would like to rephrase what they, Dave said a little bit. I think what Dave wait. thinks was stupid about it is that everybody was all standing in a group on fleet, infecting well, each other. That, that was that was extremely stupid. But even from a story part, from Bioware's perspective, okay, the the guys who who go high on story, okay, hey guys, he, he here's a quest. Here's a quest. Hey, if you let yourself get turned into a space zombie and explode, you'll get stuff. And that's definitely staying deep in, in story and immersion because that's exactly what every character would want. It was just yeah. 
it was, it was I, that's a good point. It was, that, that's it, a was good point. it was it was stupid from every perspective, and the actual part on the fleet was just it it, it was silly, and actually it messed up our ops quite a bit because we had people waiting outside in ops and somebody came by with it and blew it up and then half of our people had it and a couple people had just been playing again and they didn't even know about the event they had no vaccine we had to get them vaccine it actually pushed us back like 10 minutes one night so <laughs> see i was... kept like 20 vaccines on me not even realizing that one vaccine lasted for like six hours or until you died <laughs> you know just to be safe but yeah i i definitely from, from that perspective i totally agree with dave at the same time if they would have changed it so that you could have randomly infected somebody without actually physically exploding yourself they could have maybe played it off like you didn't actually know you were infected and you know you went about your business and went to the bank or went to the auction house and you know the poor trooper standing next to you just screwed him over. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah. But all in all, I think it was really good. I thought the event was really cool. I like how they didn't advertise it. I liked how it was a surprise. I liked how they time gated, and a lot of people didn't like this. And I was a big fan. I liked how they time gated different quests. So every day a new daily would come out, but you couldn't do that daily until you had finished completed the one that had released previous. So it rewarded people for playing earlier and kind of gave people a little bit better sense of ownership and, you know, that kind of stuff. What, what, what I do give Bioware a lot of props for is, and, and I knew this would come out and I was wondering if they were full. Some people were like, hey, I didn't get as much time as I wanted. You know, when would the event be back? And I, I think it was Daniel Erickson who responded to this again. He's like, events are one off. He's like, they won't be back. That's what makes them kind of special. And I agree. You know, sometimes you'll get stuff that no one else will have, you know, but maybe other people will get stuff, you know, that, that you don't have. And that's right. actually something the, the fact that everybody has have access to every single thing in a game is something that I, I think just waters it down. No, I agree. I, I, I complete Dave, you and I talked about this off offline, I think uh, the other day and where we were, you know, referencing Warcraft and all that stuff. And I think the, like Warcraft did a really good job of doing the, um, the seasonal events, and yeah, they kind of tied it to like American holidays like Christmas and Thanksgiving and, or Halloween or whatever it might be. But the fact that that stuff was only like once a year, and you could actually get some really cool stuff, and some of it was actually really hard to get, like the flying mount thing from the Baron and all that kind of crap. And people people would always be mad. Dude, I can't believe I couldn't get that. And it was like, well, dude, you got to wait until next year, or you got to spend more time trying to get it. And it rewards the people that did do that stuff, right? Like. It it, it it always made me laugh in, in WoW, and this was in the later years, not in the earlier years. But it became it, it became fairly common to hear people be like, "Ah, oh, man, this is my fourth time going through this this uh, five man." Yeah, we're not even talking right. raids. This is my fourth time, and I still haven't gotten my XXX. Right. Oh my God, you poor baby, you 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 poor you poor muffin, Will. Will you want me to get your mommy to give you a hug? I mean, <laughs> you gonna be okay? <laughs> oh, anyways, hey Mike, you sounded like you were gonna jump in there and say something too. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just mentioning. I the only other game I played that had a lot of live events, other than Rift, which were kind of prescribed, uh, was when I played The Matrix, and they had live events that were kind of run by the development crew. They would play NPCs and come and talk to you and That's stuff. That's awesome. And it was a lot of fun. And I remember the very first one I got to play in, Niobe led us into a uh, hotel. We went up, and all three factions 
of players were there because they were all led there by different NPCs. So these doors open from the elevator and I see machinists <laughs> and Merovingian factions right across from us. All of a sudden, we all flag PvP. Nice. <laughs> I remember everyone stood there dumbfounded until someone just said, kill them all. And it just... <laughs> Dude, it was the coolest that's thing. That's awesome, dude. This, this is this is the kind of thing games could use today. Back when EQ was new, they would have actual events, and the events would would run through. The GMs would run them, and there'd be one-off items. Right, uh, and, right. And one of them was a Kaladim event. And I was playing my dwarf cleric. My buddy was playing his dwarf paladin. It, it was it was a dwarf story, and, and we had a full group, and we went through this whole thing. And at the end, there was an, they gave out an artifact. And it was the only one on the server. I mean, right. that, that's what I'm saying. Nobody could ever get it. And it was powerful. Uh, it, as a matter of fact, the paladin offered it to me. I said, but you know what? I won't be meleeing very much. It was, it was a two-handed hammer. It could only be used by dwarves. And it was the butcher block hammer, if I remember correctly. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> and <laughs> nice. there was only one on a server. And Now, how when, did you guys end up being the ones to get it? Were you just the first to complete the chain, or was it kind of random? No, no, it was it, we we played all the time, and there was a live event going on, and and we were dwarves that played, and we were in the area, and a story it's, started, and, gotcha. and we got involved, and and um, yeah, uh, and, and and you never knew when, when they were coming you, either. When you when you actually swung the hammer, it had a chance to proc greater healing, and this was an original EQ that was huge. Okay, right. yeah, yeah, but I mean that was that was a, a weapon which for quite a while was more powerful than than almost any weapon any other paladins would have gotten. But they gave it out to one guy. No, that's, that ha- that's awesome. If that happened in game design today, uh, imagine like imagine like an artifact blaster. Oh, the forums. Out. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. People, People would like, come half unglued. The, half the PvP community would quit because cause they didn't have the exact same weapon. Right, right. You know, it was funny, though. Like, dude, I totally agree. And stuff like that. So the one thing I semi kind of had a beef with is people kept referring to this as a live event and it wasn't a live event it was a world event a live yeah, it's ev- a world event right a live event is like what mike is talking about where you actually have somebody at bioware controlling an npc being a part of the world event because I, the only game i've ever played that's done it was star wars galaxies i didn't play matrix online and i remember one day not many people did <laughs> right, right no i know it wasn't it wasn't too prominent but i remember one day you know it was like me and Ephraim and kaganda and a bunch of our friends that are in our guild now and you know we log into star wars galaxies and we hit over to tatooine and you know next thing you know there's like tuscan raiders like like seriously like hundreds of tuscan raiders just like pouring through most Eisley, like laying waste well we're like what the hell they all have like you know GM Smith over their name. It's like, they're, <laughs> and we're like, dude, it's like the, the GMs were attacking us. It was the best ever. So we spent all freaking night totally fighting with these guys, like brawling. It became this like huge, like one-off world event. And they went, when they were doing it, they did it on like several servers at a time. So not, not every server got it, but over the course of say like a month, every server got like a few nights of this. And it was the coolest thing ever. And kind of to Dave's point, there was a lot of one-off single rewards that it w- there was only like one or two that were on the entire server. And if you got it, dude, you were the shit and everybody else could suck it, you know? And <laughs> you, you, you know, I mean, there has, to be, there has to be tons of good loot for everyone. But yeah, one or two people having, you know, having an item actually makes it an artifact. I mean, right, if, right. If, if, if you make, if you make like, you know, you know, Lords of the Round Table, you know, the old Republic, you know, the MMO, 
you know, and you give, oh, dude, man, has everybody farmed? Everybody has their Excalibur? Okay, our, our whole <laughs> right. field has their Excalibur. Right. It's like, um, yeah, kind of no. No, yeah, I agree. No. But I, I think all in all, um, I think all in all, though, that the, it was actually, it was really cool how they did it because they didn't advertise it. They just let it kind of organically happen. And then all this, you know, for, for a good 10 days or even two weeks, there was there was a ton of information um, coming out. There's a lot of quests to do, but we kind of got a little bit off topic. But Dave, in, a, in the mess hall, what did people think? We did a mess hall about the, the, the event. What did people think? Why don't you tell us what they uh, voted? Yeah, we, we had just under 300 people chime in. It was asking basically about how people felt about the Rakul event it, with almost 50%, just under 49%. Uh, in first place, solidly was the Rakul Plague was perfect. I want more just like it. So, hey, I, I thought it was a decent first try. Uh, I thought it could be improved upon personally, but it, it seems like they're hitting a lot of their target audience. So it seems like Bioware's in tune with, with their audience. In second place, uh, the event was good at 23%, but the duration was too short. Uh, I, I like things to have a, an ending point, but if it was another week or so, that would have been fine with me too. So I, I, can, I can get behind that. I can understand that. In third place at 13%, I like the Rakul Plague, but the rewards were lacking. Yeah, I think that's where I put mine into. And to put in why the rewards were lacking, I've said this in the past, and, and I'll kind of mention it again. What, what I'm seeing is everything with content, they're just repeating stuff. Uh, new colors, new pets, new mounts. Uh, I think they should try to put out a little something different. Even if it's just one or two things that are somewhat different, like a patch that can add a couple stat points to your bracer that only comes out every so and often in an event. And the next time, maybe uh, a little booster instead of a new speeder. How about a little booster that adds 5% permanently to one speeder that you put it on? Dude, an you know, exclusive companion. That would be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would well, be tough. I could show that you where be. to get those, but they're like $3,000 for two hours. <laughs> yeah, not in this country. Oh, oh okay. Um Wrong okay, way, in, uh, yeah. in, in fourth, in fourth place, at 9%, <laughs> the Raku Plague content was great, but the story left something to be desired. You know, I, I wonder too, and I, I'm, the reason I, I didn't bring this up, like, come on, Bioware, the reason I didn't bring up the whole, really, space zombies again, guys, the reason I didn't is because Rakuls were in the original Knights of the Old Republic, like, yep. nearly and 10 years ago. Right. So I'm... I'm going to give them a buy on this one, but they do have to move away from Rackles at this point because zombies zombies have been kind of killed in the last five years. Uh, I mean, 10 zombie games a week come out, 20 zombie movies. That's the thing, though. Gamers like to kill zombies, man. Maybe that's the audience I, they're trying to I, feed I, to. Yeah, no, I, I understand, and, and all of us fat people like to eat hamburgers, but, you know, give me something different. Or pizza. Or hamburger pizza. Mm, pizza. Mm, hamburger pizza. <laughs> Anyways, okay. what was the last one? In last place was six percent, so uh, it, it was it was representing. The event was boring, and I hope they change the formula for future events. I can, I, I can. Well, I won't say the whole thing was boring. The reason I'll give them props is it was their first event, and it was pretty decent, and they got it out in a timely fashion. So, but I would expect I would expect each event from this point on to to be a little bit more in-depth, personally. Well, also, they and they surprised us with it. It was not known. Like, nobody knew. Nobody ever mentioned it. It was totally, like, figure it out. There's stuff happening in the game. That's, I think, what I really liked about it. Yeah, it was kind of like an adventure. 
Right. I, I agree that after, you know, maybe after a week or so, you logged in and it was like, warning, you know, stay away from Tatooine. And it was like, yeah, 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 I, I know now. But like that first day or two, when it was like you were in the discovery of what was happening, it was kind of like, dude, this is cool, man. Like, I'm going to, people were like, where do I go? You know, you go to Tatooine, everyone's like, what do I do? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? And, it, and other people were like, dude, we don't know. Figure it out. <laughs> like, we're all flying around trying to figure out what the hell to do, you know. That that part of it I loved. I think I think the great part about the Rackle Plague is we know what happened to rank PvP. Obviously, the Rackles overran the planet that had the the gaming commission that actually ranked PvP and killed all of those NPCs. <laughs> yeah. So that's why rank PvP didn't make it into this patch. Yeah, exactly. Rackles, oh, Rackles killed them. Oh, the poor PvPers. That is a good. That is a good point. The the PvPers were so upset that ranked war zones didn't get in but that they spent time coding this live event. And the bottom line is they were probably developed by different groups in Bioware. I'm oh, sh- yeah. You know. I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure they were worked on by different groups at different times, and they thought both of them was gonna, were going to make them. And, right. And, and something probably just wasn't working right with PvP right at the end. But, um, but real quick, I know, we are, I know we're running out of time. Uh, Dave, you said you voted for um, – you liked it, but you thought the rewards were lacking. Um, yeah, and, and – and, yeah, it's just I think they need to I think they need to start adding more variety. And when I say that, stuff doesn't have to be super powerful. It just has to be different. You know, right. something that does a little bit something different here, a little bit something different there. Even the the crystals, crystals really cool. The the black green color crystals, awesome. But you know, how, how about instead of forty one endurance, forty one power? You know, and forty one crit, right? Something yeah. else, right? But yeah. Or, you know, mix it up. And you can even have those there for the people who are very like, hey, I need my exact numbers. But how about, you know, give me a give me a 21 endurance, 21 crit, you know, and, and a 21 power, 21 right. surge, you know. Mix something up a little bit. Or how about a plus 21 that all healing surges? There Just you say. go. What did you, uh, what did you pick, cool. Mike? What did you think about it? Me? Yeah, in the, in the uh, poll. What was your I, I said it was perfect because for my play style, which is super casual. Uh, as Dave's Dave, a hater. It, it, Dave's a hater. Uh, no, hater. it was it was just perfect for what I wanted to do, and I got my rackling. Which I one like did I you get the, the the crimson one or the pale one? I got the pale one. Oh, you didn't do the quest for the crimson one? No, I seriously, I had just enough time to gain enough to get enough of those uh, DNA samples to get the pale one, See, and then the event was over. This is this is the one part that I actually thought was kind of cool. The there, there's a little bit of an exclusivity thing here. So the crimson, the crimson uh, rackling pet, and yes, it's just a vanity pet, and it's it's bullshit. But it's semi-exclusive. It was not anywhere a part of where there were really quests going on. It started in Anchorhead. Well, if you're Republic, it started in Anchorhead. If you were Empire, it started in Mos Eisla. And the the thing that started the quest, it didn't even have a quest icon over it. Essentially, you had to click on the TVs when you ran out of the spaceport. And it gave you like a vid- little video, and then you had like an hour-long scavenger hunt. And at the end of your scavenger hunt, you got the Crimson Rackling Pet. It wasn't one of the dailies or anything like that. It was like a one-time, a one-time event. So I, I didn't get the pale one. I got the red one, which I was super stoked about. I didn't even know about the TV thing. Yeah. So uh, you know I... how when you walk out of Anchorhead Spaceport, there's those two TVs on each side. Both of them would activate it. And if you watched it, you got like a little news report, and the guys like talking like, "Hey, Rackling Plagues everywhere." And, you know, they're trying to attack I, him. And All right, hang on. Let me wrap this up because Dave's got to go. So, okay. anyways, uh, yeah, sorry, guys. We got to we gotta cut it off a little bit short tonight. But I guess uh, that's it, then, if we have nothing else to talk about. I, so. I have just one last thing. Oh, yeah. Say. Mike's got to pimp his stuff. Go for it. This coming Monday, since this is coming up on Thursday, is the very last chapter of 36 Hours. 
And I just want to thank everybody who has read it so far. Uh, I've enjoyed writing it. I hope you guys have all enjoyed reading it. So thank you. Yes, uh, definitely check it out. Mike is becoming um, like George R.R. Martin, the guy who writes Game of Thrones. Um, he, <laughs> he's killing all his main characters every week. Dude, it's pretty awesome. I, I got a text message from one of my friends who apparently read it that morning when I put it when I put the last one up. Right. And it was all in uh, caps and exclamation points. He that, was very upset. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to go. I know Dave's got to run on a raid. So uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, everybody, this has been Combat Chatter episode 13. We will uh, see you guys in a couple more weeks when we uh, ramble on more about Star Wars The Republic. So be sure to check out our website, republictrooper.com. Find us on Twitter at republictrooper or facebook.com slash republictrooper. We are out of here. Peace. Later, troops. Later. You've been listening to Combat Chatter. Brought to you by RepublicTrooper.com. Join the community at www.republictrooper.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash republictrooper, or on Twitter at republictrooper. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. massive burp because i started drinking beer <laughs> uh, we, we had about 300 people answers i was trying to say while my mute was mike my mic was muted oh is that what was going on nice yeah job. i was going over it and i was like man you guys are whipping out the mr t yeah betchy he's checking it right he's now. like hold on let me start my web browser and go to my website and read the results or he fell asleep or he got drunk and passed out <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe he had a stroke <laughs> you just a crazy man seeing things that ain't there. <laughs> well, no, we're, we're, we're currently going over the internet, so we can't see anything. Did I... you just whip out Mr. T? Do you realize that this is a big problem? How about Dr. Phil, bitch? Oh, Dr. Phil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well.